don't give a hook. Okay, great. That's that's perfect. I'm glad you don't, bro. Right. <laughs> oh no, man. I don't. I don't care at all, bro. That's the remake credo. Say it when when it needs to be said. Yes, it is a fortunate and sometimes unfortunate disposition of Italians. It does happen that way. It does happen that way. Everyone, I'd like to welcome you to a wonderful and highly anticipated uh, episode of the Mr. Woo Woo podcast. Uh, I have with me today a very, very special guest. Before we introduce him, I'm going to do this little introduction and uh we'll get going let's do this what's going on my brothers and sisters aunties and uncles monks kabbalists wizards mystics sons and daughters of god yeah welcome to mr woo woo thank you very much everyone for joining us i am so privileged and happy to have on this person today. Uh, I didn't think he'd be on until like special episodes, like episode 50 or 100. But as usual, my brother in here trying to save my bacon because it is hard as shit to find guests sometimes. People <laughs> want to talk metaphysics and weird shit. And uh, me and my brother aren't afraid of any topic. That's what we love about our family. And I would like to welcome to the program my brother, the epic Jordan Ramey. What's up, my brother? Yeah, what's up, my brother? Mr. Blondie Dread. Blondie He's in a pink house. <laughs> no, he killed me, man. He killed me. Yeah, apologies to your listeners, man. This thing's just going to be mostly movie quotes the whole time that nobody gets. A lot of movie whatever. quotes. Fuck it. That's, that's, what, that's what we do. That's what we do. We did that from a very young age, you know. Because he's Mr. Woo Woo. He's Mr. Woo Woo. We uh... twenty grand. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are allowed to know, like, no, you, is, it, is it legal? That no, you I'm just, you know, oh, all right, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. I could say that quote for the rest of my life, and I feel like not a single person no understand people ask me all the time and they're still just like wait what the fuck is that from (laughs) good let's keep it that way (laughs) you quote shit and people are like and i'm like you know from that movie and they're like yeah i've seen that like a million times i'm like okay that one part with this is happening and this and they're like yeah why do you remember that though because it's hysterical and it's stuck in our consciousness (laughs) (laughs) and you can use it in a million scenarios where it's applicable Uh, yeah uh, for sure man so yes, if we do speak in uh, movie quotes, we'll do our best to uh, give you the addendum later as to what movies you should be seeing. I had a just gonna need like an index at the end. An index, yes, yes. I don't know if we're gonna have time today to go into the top ten, top ten movies all time because there's just so many uh, things we want to get to. Well, we might, we might. We still we might. Love to talk about that. Speaking Off of the... which, I just finished uh, reading. What did I just finish? The fucking. Order of the Phoenix. I just finished that. Ooh, my favorite book series speaking, ever. Speaking, speaking of wizards, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, what'd you think about that book, man? It was good, dude. It was definitely the first one that like kind of separated from the movies. Uh, well, no, I guess that mm. kind of happened in the previous book too. You're right. I could go uh, on. It was good. It was good. I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen. Uh, I've seen the first two movies a lot. Like yeah. there was a period of time where those were like my comfort zone when I was going through some shit and right. the first two were just really light and happy. 
and mm. then they start to get darker. So I haven't, yeah. I've seen the other movies, of course, multiple times, but like, it was cool to read this book. Cause like, especially the last three movies, I haven't seen as much as like the first three, you know? So, yeah. um, there's stuff that I forgot and which, you know, it was pretty cool. Dude, fucking Dumbledore coming in, kicking everyone's ass. That is pretty sweet, man. I thought they did that was an okay cool. job with that fight at the end. Spoiler alert, you know. See, I don't even remember that in the in the movie, so I'm like excited. I've been reading, I'm finishing, I've been rewatching the the movie to see what they fucked up or didn't do as well. Or yeah, I think True Potter fans were like, man, fuck that, because the first two books follow like I mean, the first two movies follow the books precisely. I mean, even the same dialogue, same like what you would imagine, just transpose onto the screen. The third yeah, they're one, pretty identical. Yeah, they're they're exactly like it. And then Alfonso Caron took you know a little artistic liberty. Um, it's probably the best Harry Potter movie and like the best looking on the screen because of course you know he's an Oscar winner. He's incredible. Which one? The, fr- the third. The one, third one. Prisoner of Azkaban. So the so you thought the third one was the best adaptation? It's the best adaptation, but that's when he he started tinkering with aspect. Like he he left out like the Quidditch match. Boo! That should have definitely been in the movie. And there was. Yeah, there was a couple right. of things like the that. talking head. It was adorable, you know, the little talking head inside of the uh, the night bus. There's like, oh, <laughs> talking right. about muggins. Yeah. You jump them with the folk, they feel it. You know, he's like talking shit about how uh, unperceptive, like unspiritual people are or muggles. And uh, I was just like, well, it was cute, but it wasn't like or, in the uh, book. And then, buggles, if you if you hold your nose, right. Yeah, Buggles. Yeah, as I refer to in in my book, so I can avoid copyright. Uh, yeah, and I just I just yeah I just read a couple chapters <laughs> of your book again. Uh, awesome, man. Last night as well. Thank which was you. awesome. Dude. You're a fucking talented writer. Very beautiful the way you write. It's almost like it's almost like prose. Like you write unlike prose actually. Sorry, prose is like when you're writing anything but poetry. So I got that backwards. <laughs> I do. And take your a... book is very poetically written. You know what I mean? I feel oh, like, like your man. your influence as a poet at that time was like heavy in the book, but it's such a you yeah. know analytical book of what you what happened to you, but then it's written poetically. It's really fucking. And I didn't know that Doctor Bartlett wrote like a mm-hmm. review for it. Yes, like dude, your hero, it was man. one of the all-time greatest moments of my life. My hero in healing, my Dumbledore, Doctor Richard Bartlett, who like like Dumbledore would probably sacrificed me to. Voldemort for death if he needed to um like because he's a maniac and I love him so much I'd I'd do it buddy I'd walk into those woods for you um but like he he was so cool to like read it you know write a really really uh in-depth and kind and kind review and that was one of the the big highlights he he is one of my dream guests he's one of my white whales to put on the um to put on the show man but I mean the the guy wrote a review for your book I don't see why it's that out of out of He's kind of like here. a hermit, though. You know what I mean. He doesn't like to be bothered. Oh. A little curmudgeonly. You know what I mean. He hasn't been in uh, the public game for at least two years, and we all know why that is. But um, uh, yeah, he's in Seattle, so he's surrounded by by chaos and <laughs> and all other kinds of shit. I'd love to have him. I think I will gotcha. one day. Uh, he's got his J.D. Salinger thing going on. He does. Like, he really does. He, and he is a genius, like a literal genius, as well as a metaphysical genius. So. You just got to oh, really? take the erratic behavior with the um, with the bad. We miss you, man. We want Matrix Energetics live. If you can, please. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck. I'd love to go to that with you. Dude, I would pay any amount of it. money to get you to go. Like every time I was there, Jay, I was just like, if my brother, if some member of my family could also see this shit with their, their own eyes, it would be literally like they hand you a wand. They're like, welcome to Hogwarts. Let's teach you. Like, <laughs> like okay. I'd, I'd love to, man. That's, I mean, even the sad guru stuff that's coming up. I know he opened up a school up in 
Oh man, uh, Los Angeles, and he's gonna do something up here. I forget who you're telling me, but whenever that happens, Dude. I I definitely want to go with you. I think a couple of our friends, like Maddie, is a big Sadhguru fan. I think you'd want to go to something like that. You'd probably fly out. You know, Maddie would love Sadhguru. I mean, talk about like giving you a, a daily routine and the importance of a daily routine. Like that guy, he really sets it off. And uh, there's yeah, he's there's good. Several he's good there's several trainings I want to do with him that, uh, you know, I, he's not my guru. Like that's, that's what you call like your one true spiritual guide into complete enlightenment and oneness with, with creation and God. He's, and you, you just know when you know, like Dr. Bartlett's kind of my guru, but he keeps me at an arm's length, you know, <laughs> we sure. don't have lunch and shit, but like, because he's not my guru, I'm like, okay, cool. I could just go take classes from him and learn the stuff that I want to, I want to, I want to learn. And from him, I want to yeah. learn the Hatha yoga, um, uh, postures, which is kind of just twice the number of asanas or positions as the the Kriya Yoga I'm looking at right now, and also there's mm -hmm. this exercise routine he does called Angamardana. That's like every dude I've seen like post videos or people like their bodies are anatomically like perfect, like like a 22 year old athlete, like perfect. And you you like my intuition was like, dude, I'm just gonna do this into my hundreds. This is this is awesome. So yeah, you don't you don't have so. to like go work out. You don't have to use dumbbells you don't have to lift it's it's just you do it and you end up with like a like perfect yogi body yeah. yeah i'd love to learn that too man i mean i like i told you like the only yoga i really know is like the shit i learned from like p90x which is like right that really athletic workout like drenched in sweat yoga which is cool i love the workout from it but like i'd love to learn a, a more spiritual based yeah really um, yogis flex, flexibility based kind of thing you know yeah, they'd say it's not really exercise. It's a pathway to union. What they, that yoga means union. So it's basically the 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 Christian equivalent of atonement, atonement, or right. being in a complete state of grace and not slipping back out of it. <laughs> like you're, cool. you're you're one with that, and you experience it as your waking reality, man. Well, thanks for reading I my dig book, that, man. I appreciate. Oh that. yeah, I mean, I had read it once before, but as you know, I was like we all are uh quite a different person oh yeah i read that the first time i mean when Keep you wrote that it's crazy when i saw the thing that said 2009 i'm like right. doing the math i'm like holy shit i can't believe that's how long ago this was mm -hmm. you know like 13 14 years something like that but um yeah and that was a savage back then god my early <laughs> 20s but I, I still i still still read it of course and like right. it was cool nice and then too. um yeah, of course, man. I mean, your brother writes a book. You're kind of a piece of shit. You don't read that thing, dude. Oh, shit. So it's, it's a huge, huge, I won't mention names, huge then. accomplishment, <laughs> man. Well, it's just, I was just trying to demystify all the, all the shit that sounded insane, you know, very woo-woo to people and be like, that can't be real. I'd be like, well, here was my psychological process and my, my living process of how I went from being completely closed off and having no evidence of, of God or spirit to saying like, yep, I'm, I'm practicing like energy healing and alchemy at any distance and like all this kind of stuff. That's just like eye-poppingly like, what the hell are you talking about, you know? Yeah, I think it was on, on our side, you know, because I'm reading the first couple chapters and, you know, you mentioned yeah. like mom and dad's reaction to it, how they weren't happy. And I think at that Ooh. time, it was just like you didn't even know what was going on. No. And you didn't really have like a clear way of explaining it. Now it's yeah. very clear and very obvious. Like you've mm -hmm. dedicated your life to living an examined life and helping people, man. And like that's, Thanks, th we should all be doing that. That's beautiful, man. Like really, um, so could not be prouder of you. It's 
beautiful thing which you've chosen to do with your life and Abby, your, your beautiful wife, my sister-in-law. <laughs> so what you guys do, I mean, you, you heal people for a living and that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, I do the opposite. I, po I poison people with alcohol do not. As, a, as a bartender. You provide do, the socially I, awkward you know, with do. an opportunity to have some courage and, uh, you know, talk well, to the opposite sex. And... Great way to look at that. <laughs> it is. I mean, but, you know, I got, I got my photography, dude. I mean, I, I do. Oh, we're going to get into that but, too. That, yeah, for but sure. As far as that's bartending goes. keeps me going, but. It's like it right. has its own per, it has its own professional divinity to it because they are the the unlicensed therapists. You know, people talk about their problems. Uh, you know, a lot Guinan. You know, from Star Star Trek. That shit does exist to a point, but right. I I will say that that art of bartending, maybe at other bars it does, but that shit is mm. like way out the door at my bar like it's just it's a oh. big hotel it's busy Great. no one's talking to anybody they're like we'll be replaced by ai, AI within the next 10, 10 to 15 do you think so a hundred percent nobody wants to fucking wait for this like pissed off bartender to get their drink for them like they'd way oh. rather just pu push a push a button than have an old-fashioned pop out like you know what i mean that is an interesting point because like not only just with drinks or any substance people don't realize that they transfer their own electromagnetic attitude energy into substances whether it's cooks you know the, the stress of a, of a kitchen uh right. bartending um even physical object if you like they, they test this kind of stuff and they we leave an electromagnetic imprint on the stuff we touch or the stuff we, and what we are thinking and feeling at that time in some way gets passed on uh to another person so it's a lot of times we don't have time to be able to like think about okay i'm gonna be really zen while making this mint julep but like we, yeah we all try we'll try it's that it's that one guy you're like right but if you're that one guy like, you, fuck this place you can change people's day and vibe uh if, if we have enough time to gather ourselves to uh totally to be able agree. to affect no, them there's there's a lot of a lot of positive experiences man i've met some incredible people with right the bar, you know i mean it's all good but it's just so it's there's the part of it is just you're seeing people sometimes like at their worst because there's a lot of people alcohol doesn't bring out the best in them no and so you do tend to just kind of start seeing people in society like mm -hmm. that but it's you just sort of remind right. yourself like no these people, people are, getting, are good you know that they're they're wasted they're getting drunk you know and you yeah. know as somebody that's that's pretty educated on the effects of alcohol, as you know. I mean, I'm sober. I don't drink alcohol. So that's right, it's, uh, but, Which some people think like, whoa, that's crazy. You're a bartender. You're sober. But I work with like five other sober bartenders, and I think that's just – It's great. Uh, but think, yeah, it's awesome, man, to have that so kind of awesome. like support system and have people that like yeah. vibe the same way you do. But everyone's got a similar story, man. We grew up behind that bar. We drank every day and slept yeah. all day. And, drank all night for like 15 life. years and like big surprise like super addictive dangerous drug like we get addicted mm -hmm. and need it to feel normal you know so it's a pretty common story actually there's quite a few sober bartenders but my point being it's just like i know as i've gone to the mountaintop and back with this stuff and know what it does to you so i feel right. like there's always a small piece of me that's like damn it's like i'm still kind of peddling this shit to people for a living but yeah. if the money's good and that's what I've always done, you know, but I'm slowly transitioning out of less of that, more photography. And I'm, pr I'm proud of that. You know, so I'm proud of that too, dude. I couldn't be more cool. proud of you. And, uh, I, I, I just you. occurred to me while you were talking about that, that 
even when you're handing over the alcohol, which just biochemically brings you into the brainstem and into the, like, so people have no choice but to not be their best selves. It, it makes you recede from your conscious mind and into your brainstem or reptilian brain. So it's like, you know, fight, fucking, you know, flight, uh, all the Fs. Sure. Um, so like as you're handing that drink over, if you were to say like a small prayer, you know, or a small like, hey, let this drink, you know, bless them to have, you know, maybe maybe where nothing goes wrong later th in that evening or where they don't God, like God put their bless. foot in their mouth and they end up losing their job or as we know from any Christmas parties, right? So <laughs> if you if you kind of just like, hey, God, bless this drink, you know, for whoever this gentleman or lady is and, you know, kind of, you know, guide their experience and let it be enjoyable. Let the let the only positive aspect of it, you know, uh, come forth. Did, did that eventually and I, like your path wound back around to um to your connection with spirituality or or god and did it did it has it oh, like given yeah. you extra fuel because to me there's always a divine oh, yeah, purpose 100%. even when we're hitting rock bottom or we're we're getting led astray or to the left or right that it that it refocuses you with even more fuel once that stops like what was your like it's i mean here's the thing dude it's you definitely pump the brakes really hard on your life when you drink a lot like right. you just it's like you can anybody you know that drinks a lot and you just know like how much further in life that person could be mm -hmm. and also it's just easier to live on kind of a basis level and not dig deep and it's just like it, i read i don't remember what i was listening to the other day i think it was rich rolls podcast or something he's also sober um okay really good pot podcast as well he's like a marathon runner all this shit ultra marathon but it's like all oh, he never did that shit before he drank you know when he was drinking but uh -huh. It kind of just like sober people tend to be very productive and also very spiritual because he put it, I forget how he put it, but it was just like, we were always searching for like that next level with our drinking. Yeah, you know what I mean? I do. So in a sense, he's like, we're already kind of searchers. Like we're always trying to get to another level. Like yeah. we're never okay with just being um, at our regular status, you know, kind of thing. So when you stop drinking, I, it's like a natural occurrence that a lot of sober people, and I use the word sober very lightly. I still smoke weed. I still, you know, do shrooms every once in a while. Just alcohol is like the, there's people in AA that would be like, I'm, they'd be like, you're disrespecting the word sober, bro. Not at all. <laughs> like, so, if you want to take yeah, a I'm comparison, sober from, I'm sober from alcohol. From yeah, those two substances, like, like alcohol is 113 times more physiologically destructive. Oh yeah. It's not even times, not, not, not even, even percent. The same. They're <laughs> not even in the same ballpark. It kills you but so back to much. What, Sorry. Back to what you were saying. It was, it's you naturally, it's, it's very common that people that stop drinking yeah. immediately start searching for more depth in life, for more examined life, and right. more, and just a more spiritual side. Like there's got to be more to life because now you're not numbing yourself the way you were before. Mm -hmm. Like food tastes better. So, I mean, it <laughs> takes a little while, but sex is better. But that takes a while, you know. Right. I, mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, I ask people this question all the time, and people always are like, "Holy shit, I never thought of that." I'm like, "When was the last time you had sex with somebody for the first time? For the first time?" Right. And you hadn't had anything to drink. Right. And they're like, fucking never, dude. <laughs> you know, like, See, so. I never did that, man. That's the wildest I know, thing. Like, I could blessed, never. Man. You never drank. I you thought it was a little rapey. You know what I mean? I was like, if this chick doesn't want no, me it's, sober, it's, you know what I mean? Then it's just like, she's going to wake up next to me and be like, oh, Jesus. You know? <laughs> well, no, I don't, I don't mean you're. <laughs> that was my you're, own. You're on one drink. Yeah, and she's on 10. 
punch. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally, people are a little lit the first time they hook up because it's it's a very vulnerable thing. Of course. You know, and that shit helps you become less vulnerable. Yeah. So, I mean, doing everything sober took time to, like, adjust to. You know what I mean? Do you think it's because people are afraid of rejection? Do you think that's why one of the reasons they do it? Yeah, that that's why they do it so they can handle rejection. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm sure, man. I mean, I think people drink for all kinds of reasons. I mean, one of the reasons it's fucking fun, dude. I'm not one of those sober people that's gonna say booze sucks. Drugs are fun. Some of the best (laughs) times of my life on drugs and alcohol. Yeah, without question, dude. I mean, and my boys that are listening right now, they know what the fuck I'm talking about. And it's like losing control. Yeah, the mind control. Yeah. And that's, well, I think, the number one anymore, reason. Dude. Like, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the mind, the whole point, and in, in like a lot of mystics that I that I follow, whether it's Rupert Spira or, or Muji or Sadhguru, they're like, the reason you're drinking is A, to shut off the annoying part of your mind, and B, so that you can have the sense of abandonment and freedom that you had when you were like a child. So, exactly, man. That I mean, you literally put it into words perfectly. I mean, I, since I was a kid, and I know you're the same way, man, which is why I have such respect for you that you didn't become an alcoholic like I did and our father did. Dad saved me. Because we, <laughs> all three of us, have the same overactive, extremely overactive Yeah, brain. we like everything and, we you try. Know, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't, yeah, exactly, we love it. Everything we've tried. Like it. I love Ooh. it. Every, every fucking thing I've ever tried, I'm like, I'm going to do a lot of that. A lot of it, yeah. You know, so yep. it's like, it, but it's mm-hmm. because I'm do, well, while I'm doing a drug, and make no mistake, alcohol is a drug, it possibly the most dangerous one out there. Probably. It's the only way it's you could like, die getting off of. <laughs> yeah, man. I consume and it like it just shuts my mind the fuck up because once I'm drinking, I don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. And like, have you ever seen uh, Get Him to the Greek? I haven't, dude, with Russell. Where he's getting, Can't yeah, wait to getting get that Russell Brandt's character. Yes. So he has this like really long monologue on a plane. And he's trying to be sober the whole time, right? Right. And like they're trying to get him to this thing. And then he kind of explains in so many words that he's like, when I'm not doing drugs, he's like, I have to worry about my child. I have to worry about my my ex-wife. I have to worry about my concert and my shows and everything upcoming. He's like, when I'm doing drugs, I have one thing to worry about, and yep. it's drugs. And it's much easier. Yep. So being sober is not easy. It's just better for me. I like it better, but all mm-hmm. the shit that I'm dealing with, I have to deal with in a healthy way. And I can't, I used to be able to just be like, well, fuck it. I'll just drink. And now I don't give a shit about anything. My photography, yeah. my weight, my fucking, you know what I mean? My health, oh, yeah. like all I care about is drinking. So it is technically like easier. It just destroys my life. And then I like <laughs> eventually it'll reduce your capacity to yeah, live it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, I don't get to have the relationships that I have like this right now, me and right. you having this talk right now mm-hmm. isn't possible if I'm drinking. Right. You know what I mean? So I for me, that's an easy trade-off, dude, because, I mean, you know, this this kind of stuff means the world to me that I'm here and I'm sober and I'm fucking... It dims the voice of you. spirit, too, man. Like, it's harder it to hear your does. soul. It just shuts it off, really, but, like, you know, it, it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, you, you can't hear, like, positive thinking, you know? You, well, you, you hear it in the thinking. morning. You hear it in the morning, brother. I'll tell you that much. Yep. And that's when the, that's why people... So, oh my God, I can't believe you drink in the morning. You go, well, that's when the voices are the loudest, bro, because I'm not drunk. Yeah, you know? And it's, you're, you're feeling all the repercussions of what happened the night before. So, 
That's why it happens just, over and over again. That's why. And then it's like, well, I'll just have another drink, you know, just to stop the repercussions. And we're doing that dude. just so in life in general, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, people do the same thing with their phones, man. TikTok is the every same. Morning yeah. And, uh, you know, and they roll out of bed and immediately start scrolling because they're not comfortable in their own skin and don't want to deal with, you know, well, what am I doing today? What am I doing with my life? Who am I? Yeah. Besides the that's dopamine hit. Yeah. They're kind of, um, yeah. like watching the circus and going like wow my life it's kind of like jerry springer but put on your phone now watching like, the circus i yeah. like that it's just yeah, a, it's just a circus like this oh my gosh like look at before we didn't know how crazy people were in the world it's like we generally suspected we we heard rumors but then now yeah. they're like broadcasting to the whole world and people don't realize when they're doing that they're fucking their law of attraction up so hard because they think they're just neutrally like oh wow this person's like dancing naked on tiktok or they're on omegle and watching some creep you know, your kids are on Omegle, Maybe, watching some uh, creep masturbate in, in Auckland, New Zealand, and they don't know Are they bucket naked on TikTok? Dude, people, not TikTok, bucket, on, uh, on Omegle. Bucket naked? Bucket naked. Shout out to Bernie, <laughs> man. We miss you so bad. Oh, Bernie Mac. Bernie goat, Mac is dude. the greatest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but there's... I get you, though, man. Parents don't know, like, their kids are on TikTok, especially all, all the time I'm watching new YouTube videos, and they're, they're doing reactions to Omegle, and... These kids, they're just children. When the parents are like, "All right, good night," and they go, "Okay, bye," they flip their laptop on and they just meet strangers. Well, there's no filter for pedophiles on that, so there's dudes jerking off constantly on Omegle, and their kids are being witnessed. So they're like, "Oh, like I saw one Marcus Beltre who was like on YouTube. He was just like, "Hey, kids, how you doing?" Just like, "Uh, just so many penises tonight." And I'm just like, "Oh God, dude, this kid was like 12." And you get some like, calm. And you like, get some calm. Oh God, dude, it's just awful, you know. And, and you just, you know, you're just meeting. It was designed so you could just meet strangers internationally, but there is no one patrolling That's so crazy. those I've waters. Never even, I've never even heard of that. I've never even heard of that. It's so wow. crazy. It's such an insane app. But you can meet people from around the world. Many of them are cool. You know, a lot of people just go on there to roast each other. It's it's like a free for all out there, man. But they don't realize they're poisoning their minds and therefore their their results in life by looking at that circus. That circus becomes your life. And then the dopamine yeah, addiction, man. they're like, I, now I have to do it because <laughs> this world's boring. They're like, no, you're boring. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, it problem. definitely has. It's like positive stuff to it, you know, like there I are a few try things. to, I'm, I mean, yeah, if I didn't have, I've said it many times, if I wasn't a photographer, I wouldn't have any social media because <sighs> I just, I, I know a little too much Dude. about what's going on with something like this is fucking one of the most unhealthy things you can possibly have. And I am guilty of like scrolling sometimes, you know, of course. Once in a while, but I'm pretty, pretty good about it. And if I'm on my like travel photography page, it's all just photography, scuba diving, mm -hmm. like positive messages. Like if I see anything that's like in the ballpark of like negativity, dude, I immediately unfollow it and shit like that. But yeah. that's not the common ground, but you know, I, I do need to understand that I am not the norm and the norm is to, you know, fucking scroll on this thing. Normally, that's most people's lives is, is they drink and they work and they scroll and they, you know, that's like, and they're, but they're, if they're happy, dude, fucking more power to them. That's just it. You they, they're I mean? confusing cool. the they exhilaration of seeing it, but it's really the same as like people when they drink, they think they're happy. You know, like, oh, this makes right. me happy to yeah, do it. That's true. But I will say, man, I've been pretty goddamn happy when I was <laughs> a I was few times. Just once, a, once a, yeah, a billion times, bro. Like, I mean, yeah. I had, some great times it was just once it be i became 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dependent on it physically and mentally, right. which will happen to everyone out there that drinks regularly, just so you know, mm-hmm. at some level. Um, cause you know, try to, try to take a month off and see how that goes. Yeah, please so take a break. Just, but it, I mean, that's right. Anyway, I get approached a lot by people that I know that are like, Hey, I might, I kind of feel like I'm mad. That's what's cool about, you know, pe- being open and people knowing that you don't drink is that mm-hmm. if one of your friends feels like they might have a little bit of an issue, like they're, they'll come talk to you. That's great. And that's the same thing. I tell them every time, man. Yeah. It's a blessing, dude. You know, and it's just the, I tell them, Hey dude, it's stop for 30 days. If you can't stop for 30 days, go to a meeting. <laughs> that's an issue. Dad saved my yeah. ass, dude. When I was 17, if dad, you're actually listening to this, uh, I'm not airing out laundry. I'm praising you, bro. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, like he, he sat me down hard when I was 17. Mom was out of town on, on a road trip. So, you know, it was just the boys and he had a joint of hydroponic sensimia and he had, uh, alcohol beer and he was just giving me the whole run. He's like, dude, this kills every man in our family. And, and just through lineage, it makes us violent, makes us not our best self. It's physically dependent, like all this stuff. However, if you smoke this, <laughs> you'll get the money. Man, I wish she had that. Little. Wish she had that conversation with me. <laughs> <laughs> me <laughs> that too, is not man. Not a conversation we ever had, brother. Uh, no, I think even by then we were. It's very strange. I don't know. Smoking cigs. Maybe he and all was that. just like, all right, yeah. He's like, this one's gonna be my drinking buddy. I think he was more. <laughs> it was like my seventeenth birthday, and he was more like. Just explain it because he was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, you're going to smoke weed with me for the first time, you know? And I was just like, oh my God, this is the best, dude. My dad's the yeah. best ever. And uh, it was, doo, 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 doo. fell in love with Mary Jane that day. And I have Such smoked yeah. off and on for 20 years, but uh, 20 plus. Me too. Um, but as far as mind changing substances go, it is the most innocuous. It is the the least harmful of those, but it's I'm glad plan, to be on a break. Dude. I'm it's not smoking. Plan. I feel great now. Finally, my lungs cleared out. And oh, you're on a break yeah. right now? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yep. It feels super good. I'm just like, yeah, every time I'm like, why a, don't I just let it go forever? It, it'll have its well, own day. It'll have its own it day. Does, yeah, I don't know. I don't do it throughout the day. I mean, it's definitely no. a wind down thing for me. It affects me differently. I can't like smoke and be social. Like it, it just, it slows me down. It significantly does. and when i talk to people like i wouldn't if we if i smoked before i was on your podcast man, it would have not been that great i gotta be honest yeah that's <laughs> like I just yeah I it really slows not down my intellect and my wit and like my ability to have conversations and that's one of my favorite things to do especially with you you know so i wanted to uh get back to um you were talking about your your photography um journey like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like I, you were like, Hey man, I'm a wedding photographer. And I was like, Whoa, what? And then like that same year you're like, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of up for an award for it. And you were, you were assisting, I think other photographers at the time while you were learning and, and getting your chops. But, um, tell us about what yeah, that sounds, that, that sounds like me. So that sound about like, me? this is what I am. This is what I am now. <laughs> yeah. I mean that sometimes you got it. Like I, I respect that kind of spirit. Cause it's like, you don't go into anything half-assed you do it all the way. And, uh, you could take that energy from drinking and now you just dedicated it toward making people look beautiful in their wedding shots. And, um, I'm always blown away, dude, blown away when you put stuff up on Instagram. What is your Instagram account, by the way, folks want to check it out. It's J Ramey photography. That's my professional, um, handle on Instagram. And then I have a, I had J Ramey travels as well as my other, um, like travel, all, all my shots. all my travel photography that I've done, which I really would. That's really all I want to do, to be honest. I mean, I do love shooting weddings for sure. 
um, which is rare. Very rare in this business. Most photographers don't like that shit, and I'm kind of a pain in the ass, but I dig it. Well, you could tell, dude, yeah, because you make people look so fucking beautiful. It's insane. Like, and well, I'm not thanks, even, dude, it's I've not had, even I've biased. I've a lot of good teachers, dude, you know? All right. Lot of, I, I was very fortunate to have a great mentor, um, Rick Paul mm. Castro. The guy kind of took me under his wing and just let me follow him around. He had just done the same thing and with some other photographer, you know, and then he was out on his own finally. And right. it was just like, dude, I need a, you know, I, I had started taking pictures for fun with a camera me and Brett had gotten. Uh, Brett was my writing partner and still one of my best friends. And uh, I moved to LA to be a screenwriter. So it's just for your listeners, you already know all this. Um, and and pursued that for a little bit. And had I not been partying at the time, I'd probably be a professional screenwriter right now. But uh, <laughs> definitely, man. But, but probably your I don't script know, was like, so you know, funny it made me physically cry, dude. People thought something was wrong you. with me in public. Like thank I was like, I shouldn't be I reading this we were, in public. Yeah, it was, we were pretty good. For how fucking Hysterical. wasted we were all the time, we put out some pretty good content. Like we actually got quite a bit done, but right. it was always more about the party, dude. Like I mean, that's just yeah. it's how it was, you know. We moved to LA. That was LA like, life. Let's fucking rock out, yeah. So, um, oh man, I just started taking pictures for fun with a camera that we bought to film some stuff, and my buddy at work was, and then somebody paid me for them at like some book signing thing that I was like recording for them. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's pretty. I still have the check somewhere. It's like a $50 check. It's the first money I ever made from photography. And, I, and uh, I did frame it. I'm just like, fucking, so, so, so typical. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, my buddy at work was like, dude, you should start practicing. He's like, I'm I do shoot weddings. I do this and that. And long story short, he talked me into buying, um, the first like full frame camera that was like kind of affordable that Canon had put out. So I bought it. He's like, I have this lens for you. You know, me and the, another guy like shared it at the wedding. And, you know, we went and shot a wedding at Lake Arrowhead and like the couple like put us up in a hotel room, like bought us a nice dinner. Um, and I was like, well, this is fucking nice. Like, right. this is cool. Like, you know, we're <laughs> hanging out with my boys, like we're traveling, you know, yeah. like, and I ended up, uh, kind of shooting this wedding with him and I loved it. Like it was really high intensity. I think like wedding bartenders just naturally make good wedding photographers because we're used to meeting people and having to like have a relationship with them and talk to them right away. Yeah. So I can walk into a room full of half, half makeup half drafts women running around all crazy you know and it's like mm -hmm. i feel comfortable talking to all these people and that's not typically like a room most i mean maybe most men would want to be in with a room with half dressed women but i just meant that like you're the comfortability levels there because i'm used to talking to different people every five seconds at a bar so mm -hmm. i was like well this makes sense this feels kind of right you know, and I enjoyed it and I got some good shots and like well, the rest is history, man. I just kept plugging away at it and did what this guy told me to do and shot things for free and, you know, built up a little portfolio and, um, yeah, it was good, dude. And I still dig it to this day. And at times it feels a little more like a job, but, right. um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I'm starting to, you know, dabble in like, I think it's just being an artist and, you were always stuff just kind of you always moving and it's, it's like i now i'm doing starting to like look into doing more portrait work and i just watched uh and legalitz's master class for anybody oh, yeah. photographer she is a fucking legend dude just like what's her name and Leibowitz. Oh, sorry, Anne Leibowitz. Yeah, you were telling she, me about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a photographer for Rolling Stone. Of course. And, uh, a couple other big, I, even I know big that magazines, name. whatever. But right. just seeing what a like person she is, an artist, and like how much she cares about like creating images and concepts and stuff like that, you know? 
Um, and when you shoot weddings over and over again, it does start to get a little cookie cutter. Like you're doing the same poses, same stuff, different, you know, I was about to ask, but you. it's a, it's, it's yeah. a different couple and shit. Like it's artistic. I dig it, but I just, I'm always looking for like new avenues to, to explore and just let my, let my artistry go where it's going to go. You know, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the full, the full gamut of, of what you do in that medium. Uh, what, what is the most difficult shot? Would you say at a wedding? Like what's the most challenging aspect of that? Um, is there one or is it just pretty just, fluid prob- for you I, i'd say Editing? most people would probably <laughs> say it's the portrait session with the couple it's usually the one where you like kind of your fucking butthole puckers up a little bit and you're like okay let's not blow this <laughs> and it's like you know like you're just like all right let me this is the shot they're gonna I mean, have on the wall for it, 40 years yeah 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 <sighs> so i mean but i feel like through the, through like anything like the more i do it the, the way more comfortable i am but you're also just looking for it's a lot going on, man. Like it's like just looking for good light and making sure they're posed properly. And if they're heavier set or skinnier, there's different ways to pose them. And there's a lot that you're thinking of very quickly. Like I don't give myself credit enough for like how much, how difficult it is. Cause most photographers, you know, they shoot in a studio in a controlled environment where they can, yeah, you know, fucking say, let's take a break and have a coffee. Like that shit doesn't <laughs> happen on a wedding day. You know what I mean? Go, so go, go. Yeah, I'm doing these like really intricate, crazy pose portraits on the fly, making sure all my exposure and all my framing and everything is right. And as I'm doing it, thinking of the next thing I'm going to do, because you got to kind of keep the flow going. Otherwise, it looks like you kind of don't know what you're doing, right? You're just like thinking like, what am I going to do next? So I will say that's probably the most, (laughs) yes, yes. Probably the most stressful part of the day is, is doing that. And when that's over and you did a good job, it's like, you just fucking feel so good. You're like, all right, the rest of this day is cake. You know, literally they're going to cut cake. I'm going to take pictures of it. Yeah, so it's I'm glad you get to that you're making money as an artist, man. Like that's always been one of your superpowers (laughs) is writing and being able to monetize that is, is a beautiful thing In, in a different way. Like, the art of bartending is, sure. is its own art, just like that ballet of like Definitely. making sure it turns out. Because some people are super, super critical about that. I mean, people, you think people are critical at Starbucks? Excuse me, this doesn't have the right fucking skim milk, you know, all that bullshit. I was like, even right. more so for like, you fucked up my Manhattan, bro. Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Especially since yeah, it's like your never- your bar is high end, so it's like I can imagine those cocktails get up in the in the upper range of dollars. It does. I mean, luckily everyone I work with is pretty, we've all been doing this a really long time. So you don't right. get things sucked back very often. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just a matter of like the demeanor in which people speak to us. That's the <sighs> biggest and hardest part, hardest part. Cause they're well to do also. Um, it's not like you gotta be careful about how you, how you chirp back at them. I'm sure. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> you not really. retainer. No, no. Yeah, yeah, retainer. Uh, because I mean, we're we're a union. Like, I'm not going right. to say where I work. I mean, just for just sure, for fucking legal their purposes. Business. But None of their business. But yeah, and I also just, I mean, you don't want to go to my bar. It sucks there. It's just fucking people suck there. It's just I don't know what it is. It's like right. the downtown. Now I can't say it's in downtown Los Angeles, and we just get like probably the most pretentious, shitty people in the city coming to our bar. And so with that comes this like fucking, you know, this waft of just like I don't know. They're just the worst, dude. <laughs> what a powerful, like, what a powerful want, training. They want it now. They want it fast, and they yeah. want it perfect. And you're like, and then they try to talk down to you, and it's like, right. it's because at most places of this company 
you're supposed to get your ass kissed. And at our place, it's like, nah, dude, like this is right. a different environment. We're doing the hotel. So <laughs> dude, here's the thing, man. It's like, you're going to get, you're going to get back what you give us. If you're a nice, yep. respectful person, that's the bartender you're going to get. Yep. And yeah. if you're a fucking douche, then I mean, you're going to get treated like one, man. It's, it's that simple. Like, it's one of my you know, you should... biggest challenges on the spiritual path my whole life. And I'm sure you can attest to this, man. My whole life, I decided, you know, I'm just going to be a mirror, but one that amplifies. So when people are, are dicks to me, I'll be like a super raging asshole to them. Or, or I would, or I would, like, <laughs> if they throw a jab, if they throw a jab, I'm like kicking them in the nuts and poking their eyes out, basically, metaphorically. Or, um, but if they're super kind, a la like my wife or the shout out to Chrissy Kidwell, wherever you are in the world, girl, people that are like angelic. Yeah, and that kind, will always be like that. The she's the archetype. The she's the reason, the she's the reason I was able to draw in my current guy, life. Dude. Thank God, man. Oh yeah. Evan. Very cool. Also, man. I was like kind people when I'm around them, I, I, people, I pick up on that vibe and then I amplify that vibe. So I'm like my best self around good people, but I had the unfortunate habit of when I'm around people who are ruled by their ego, I would reflect yeah. back to them their own energy and I wouldn't mind putting a lemon twist on it. You know, just putting yeah, a little bit of extra. Have that, unfortunate. Have unfortunate same so, problem. And I mean, it's, it's probably the thing I read about and try to work on myself yep. the more, because I don't want years. that. I want the opposite, dude. I yep. don't know if I'll ever get there, but Being at least I'm trying, dude. Yeah, I I'm, want my immediate right. reaction to change because my usually yeah. if someone is fucking hostile towards me i'm gonna i'm gonna fire that it's shit an right attack. back at them and I, yeah and it's, it's an like attack. i feel like this has to do with the way we grew up like it was you. just you know we, we we had a loving family but we we all fought a lot man there's a lot of italian family like but we all yeah. always loved each other and always made up quickly but i would like to yeah. get to that my initial reaction is a kind one Yes, like really you gotta let to that kindness and love wash over you. You gotta like let that like oh they're they're being that person right now. Okay, and you let it wash over and like being able to return kindness for that slap basically and turn the other cheek. I think that's kind of what the metaphor was talking about. Is is not one of our our natural gifts, and we've had that have to take seminars and like <laughs> had to go to yeah, massage school for three years and try to do that. Oh and I'm still God, not consistently great at it. Books. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, just self-improvement is, is the way I look at it, you know, it's, yeah, no, it's it, like, because sometimes you don't get those lessons in the house or maybe your, uh, your friend environment doesn't support that. Like I, I was around my cousin who was around the meanest kids in school in middle school. And then I became like super mean, like to the degree where people were just like, Oh God, it's Josh. And they would just like walk away. <laughs> Like, like people were that's so like, crazy man you were like the nicest fucking guy like in, in high school like i feel like everybody was I like changed your that. brother's the nicest nicest guy dude you know when i like, was in eighth grade i was just like i'm being like i'm being like like these kids you know oh, you're just talking like about middle school middle school especially like people gotcha. and i would i would I make mean, yeah. teachers cry dude substitute teachers cry and like just i just know that one thing and i'd know where to stab them like that one button that they were insecure about and i'd twist the knife i had no God, mercy. those poor bastards dude i had no <laughs> mercy teachers. dude and it was it was just you know it's just acting out my own insecurities as as is the case with all kids that are in that thing or they're in high pressure environments at home but i figured out like i don't want to be that you know <laughs> i don't this is awful it's good dude I mean, and it's great it's, i was just i'd like to have friends i'd like to have people that go oh that's a nice guy over there you know instead of going ah. you were man you were you were a nice kid i turned it around i met anybody that knew you was like dude your brother's super cool very nice guy Aww. like everybody you know so that's which Sweet in turn man. i was like okay well that's that's what i want to be you know i wanted to be just like you growing up dude so 
I was hoping I, was I did. Pass I pretty much, I, I pretty much, <laughs> I pretty much mirrored. Oh. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly like you. That's true. You amplified <laughs> all the good, like I you were the coolest the one in your school. You Fucking but, yeah. Like you, you were in the I, tennis team. Just, like I was, you were the, you know, the singing before Glee. I think I was the, the coolest in the school. I was just cool oh, with yeah. everybody. And you kind of taught me that it was like, you hey, be cool. It was it would be excellent to everybody, as they say in Bill and Bill Ted. And Ted you know? Thank you. Like, and it's life true, lessons, man. man. It's true. Yeah, and I'm still like that to this day. It might have a I, my uh, psychologist might call it people pleasing, but I do like to be cool with everybody, even if it's that person that everyone's like, "Fuck this guy." I'm like, "Well, I want to be cool." With well, him. It's it seems like, like I'm sure there's some wrong with them, you know. People pleasing is more like you're trying to get like a, a psychological in on them so that you can get a, a return on investment later. I think you're just people pleasant, man. Like you're, you like drawing like out the, the most pleasant aspect of those people and you like making them feel comfortable. And I've, you're like a people genius to me. I've said it so many times. It's like, whatever, whatever, but it's expressing itself in all of your mediums, whether it's your job or now your, your new career as a photographer. And, uh, yeah. and now just on, on a path of, of enlightenment is basically it. Like you're, you're at the, the beginning stages and actually more than beginning am, stages. Man of exploring your consciousness and your connection to spirit. Um, you yeah, were... man, the med, the meditation's gotten fucking become a big, and that, that was something that, uh, mm. I'm super, I went to rehab because my drinking got so bad, as you know, you came and visited mm -hmm. me. Um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful shining, month of dude. my life. Shining. Oh man. It was, it helped that my parents sent me to like Shangri-La. <laughs> spare no expense. Like, yeah, like we spare no expense. Me was like, can we stay here for a week? It was, was like the like, real nah, world nah, mansion, but better. Like, no, no, <laughs> like, no it's only it's only for oh druggies. Sorry, you're not welcome. Jesus, um, man, what a but what a I, resort. one of the things that was coolest there was that it was a very meditation based recovery mm -hmm. program. Yep. And I'd already been dabbling a little bit, but you can only you know meditate so deeply when you're drunk every day. Right. Uh, but I really like was the genesis of my like my journey with the med in meditation practice. And I had yep. a meditation co coach there that walked me through, you know, did guided stuff with me. And I mean, I had nothing to the level that you had in your book that you described. Oh. But I definitely like fucking I swear to God, man, I like time traveled. And I think that when this yep. happened. I immediately thought of you, dude, like right afterward, because mm. I had like tears coming down my eyes. I had a long story short, I was meditating and it was like a trauma meditation. And I had this weird remembrance of being in first grade, the first day of first grade after leaving kindergarten mm -hmm. and uh, being split up from my best friend and being in different classes and not liking the teacher. And like, I could feel that moment. And I was like standing. I remember being, I was so upset. I think my mom had to come to school that day. I remember that. To like take, take me home, dude. And it was like, that's crazy. That. Cause I was always somebody that was like a happy kid and cool with everybody, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, just, I like in the meditation, like I was physically there, dude. Like yeah. I literally like, like kneeled down, talked to my like six year old self, told him it was going to be okay. Dude. And like held his hand and like walked down the hallway, dude. And I like burst into tears and I remember being like, holy shit. And like the girl who was leading it, like was not surprised at all. Mm -hmm. You know, she was like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty common thing. And when we were down, I was like, wow. Like she had like a doctorate <laughs> in some crazy like medicine. Yeah. And I remember being like, holy shit, man. I was like, Josh. All this crazy shit he's been right talking about for 10 time, years. <laughs> <laughs> this this crazy motherfucker. It's woo woo, baby. He goes, he goes, your fucking brother was right this whole goddamn time 
Uh, He's yeah. like, because, you know, now there's, there's, there's credited scientists and neuroscientists like Joe Dispenza and shit yeah. like that, that are like writing these books about the same stuff you've been talking about for 20 years. Yeah. And now it's becoming a widely accepted social yeah. thing that like you can change things with your mind, your physicality, your life, Everything. your energy. And, you know, I, I give you so much credit for dude finding something like that. And when everyone's like, this guy's out of his fucking mind, dude. Like, I mean, dude. but I didn't, you know, <laughs> I loved you so much that I was like, well, maybe there's I know. something to it. We had, a, I mean, we had a tense moment at grandfather's wedding, man, when you were trying to convince me to only go with massage. And, uh, and I was like, no, right. Jay, this Reiki stuff and this cranial stuff is going to be like well, the to real To be fair, thing. you were incredible. So you were by far the fucking greatest massage in my life, dude. You were incredible I, at it. Oh, You're thank even you. better at this, but like for all the oh. listeners out there, like this motherfucker put his hands on you, dude. <laughs> no, like, you were like, you were like jelly, but you're not going to get that opportunity. Oh man. Yeah. I love squishing so, but, muscles, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. Kudos, kudos. Appreciate you, man. You, you, you figured shit out and you stood by it and you fucking were like, this is real and I'm fucking mm-hmm. sticking with it. Thanks dude. for not and giving like, up. You guys on are all going to see. Nah, I appreciate never, it, bro. Man. And I knew nah, you of friend, everyone in you. the family. Cause you know, the family had a difficult time. And understandably, man, if you haven't had a spiritual experience like the one you just described, it's going to sound like a delusion. It's going to sound like a hypothesis people create because they're afraid of death, which is how atheists think. They don't they can't touch dimensions like that other than outside their intellect. So um, I, I always appreciate you not giving up on that and still kind of keeping an open mind the whole time. And I'm you know, I'm so excited. Like I did my best. You, you know, saying like you said, that I you would. Go ahead. I was very, I was a very surface level person, man. I partied, I drank, I bartended. Like, That's alcohol, man. It was tough. St- yeah. yeah, it was just tough. It like doesn't. it was just booze. Really controlled my life and didn't definitely yeah. open my mind to things. So, dude, I, I uh, seriously, I had but, tears in my eyes when you were saying, like, yeah, man, I would love to go to like a Matrix seminar. I was just like, holy shit, this is the thing I wanted to manifest. Like, well, you can, life. dude. You can. I remember holy you shit. came to my rehab and you, uh, oh. you brought your like Egyptian healing rods and we sat in the back <laughs> and meditated together, man. And I was like, all in, dude. Zippy. Like, I, was, like, is... I was like, fucking, I can't wait, dude, to get deep, dive deep into this with my brother. And I was like, this is like, I, I remember just the feeling of being so exhausted from drinking that I was just like, I can't wait for my life to start for like really start, you know, dude, you were shining like a Buddha, bro. Oh man. They were like, (laughs) rehab was like, damn, we never seen anybody like go at it like this. I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even in sobriety, you go at it. Like, like I think the only person like I've seen on like a public person I've seen on that same level is like Steve-O. Like how, how much is like turned around and like to the degree of amplification of who they are as a person and, and always was, but like without the filters of substance and uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just phenomenal. And, and that's why I was so excited when you came to stay with me, ladies and gentlemen, we were like, we were going to like do a much longer podcast probably than this one will be. And like Jordan had come down from LAS, but I thank you by the way for always fucking coming down here at least too restrictive for my taste but i will be up there soon hopefully to record a podcast and it'll be fun mine too man fuck i'm trying to get out of here soon dude (laughs) (laughs) the the city's uh an intense city man it's an intense place to live yeah your city council alone is going through some shit right now it's crazy hear about all those voice recordings of them like talking racist shit (laughs) nah man i don't watch the news so smart don't so like Jordan yeah. came down and he was like staying with his amazing dog. Love you, Remus, his new little puppy. And uh, he was just hanging out with me and we were going to do a podcast, but you know, we're amazed. We get distracted. It happens and shit. Um, 
Yeah, but, eating burgers and shit. Yeah, my God, it's so good. And uh, <laughs> San Diego, love it. And uh, he allowed me to to do an energy session on him, you know, like really, you know, do a craniosacral. And I've, I've always wanted to like focus it on him. And uh, sometimes there's like some barriers to being able to sense the, the feelings of those kind of things. But like when you finally let me like give you a matrix energetic session and I was like stepping further and further away and you could feel it. It was almost like a chef that's like, oh, you are detecting those notes of saffron. Oh, good. You know, like whereas before people might not know, have a reference for what that's supposed to taste like. And uh, right. it was like such an extreme honor. Could, could you uh, talk a little bit about what it was like to get like the craniosacral before and after? Like what your like what's your um, like you were I think it was like you had a, a shoulder and a hip thing going on. I got all the things, man, from old. What was I fucking? Oh, shoot, don't uh, say that. I got, yeah, I got two <laughs> tears in my rotator cuff. Right. Uh, yeah, but you look just as, you look the same age as my younger, man. It's crazy. It's just, a, it's, it's a clear sign of just not, you know, five destroying rides. your body with drugs and food and shit and fucking five rights. Yeah, yeah five rights, You live a healthy life. You live the healthy life, man. It's a, it's a beauty. It shows, you know, we look the same. Bless you, dude. Shit, I've reversed, I've reversed age, man. I fucking, what I ran into some dude at a wedding that I hadn't seen in like 15 years, and he's like, the fuck do you look younger? And this guy just looks terrible. Exactly, dude. And I was you like, great, oh, I quit, man. Drink, I quit drinking, man. He's like, oh, okay, that explains it. <laughs> it's like, he's like, anyway, man, how you been? Uh, it's, uh, let's see, so the experience I had was, it worked, man. That's what the experience I had. Like, I was just open to it, and I think the last time we tried it, Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know why. I was. I think I was trying a little too hard, maybe, to like also meditate and focus and yeah. like make this make this work. Like I'm pretty intense in that sense. So I think this time the fact that we were just kind of talking quietly throughout it and conversing, right. um, maybe allowed everything to relax and accept a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not kidding, dude. Like my, I don't know what I did. I was in jujitsu and I like stepped over. You were doing like a step over something like i don't know a trip or something like that oh, okay. and i twisted the back of my knee when mm. it felt like it was not like a big deal at the time but like mm-hmm. it's progressively gotten really bad and i'm not sure what it is or anything i think you said what it was at one point and i googled it and it was like what the word you said was exactly what it is i forget what it was called i think it could have been a meniscus <laughs> or it could have been um like uh oh the popliteus muscle that's it right there it's a tiny yep. it looks that's weird it. and it's only on like a certain percentage of people about yeah when that thing pops you'll know it <laughs> yeah it's a fucking uh i don't know it's like from every time i work like the back of my left knee just hurts all the time dude and uh it was hurting and we did the session and mm. when i got up dude it, like it did not hurt anymore and that was fucking that was crazy that was like physical evidence right there and i think that might have been one of the first times that i really was like I do. Holy shit. Like that's, I'm not, cause you know me, dude, I'm a pretty straight shooter. I'm going to oh, tell yeah. you if we sat there and did, did that shit for three hours and my shoulder still hurt. I'm going to tell you it still hurts. Dude. Fuck yeah. Dude. That's my that favorite just type means of client. Maybe it didn't, yeah. didn't work that time or maybe something right. was off or something, you know? No, I want to know. Is that dish delicious or not? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dude. I, dude, I couldn't agree more. Like I, that's, that's, if it's you, shit, you are an tell artist. Me. You know, you, tell you are an artist in a sense, dude. So it's like you want people to be honest with you about your work. Hundred percent. I'm used to Ramey level so, honesty, dude. You know what I mean? So when yeah, I got into the well, world yeah, and people that. are like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's like mm, it sucks. Mm, that looks like shit on you." Mm, <laughs> we will tell you straight up. Yeah, I think I learned from my last relationship. I learned a lot about myself in my last relationship. But one mm-hmm. of them was like, 
not every girl you date is a roommate. So you really just need to like oh, learn yeah. that other people had different upbringings oh. and shit. But oh, anyway, yeah. I digress. Um, it's shit. I mean, dude, what you did really worked. And, um, yeah, man, that's, that's what I have to say about that. And (laughs) I also wanted to know like what your reaction was when, you know, cause like that matrix interjects, that's basically what you would learn at that seminar was what I was doing when you were standing up, when you were standing up and you were feeling like a waving sensation going through you. And I was just like, do you feel that? And you were like, not really. Cause I could feel you concentrating too hard. And I was just like, sometimes that'll like block, block the sensation of it or like what's happening. Right. And as soon as you like relax and you're like, oh, oh shit okay, yeah, I feel that. And it was like, oh, okay, yes. cool, man. And then I started stepping away from you a few feet at a time. I'd be like, can you feel that still? And it's just like, and you allowed your senses to like come in and like, it was just such a beautiful thing to go from like where we were to like, dude, yeah, that thing actually healed me. And yeah, that weird shit, I could feel it at five feet. you know. And Jay, I'm not I'm fucking kidding when I say like, it still feels better still feels better Dude, i'm so glad it's not completely healed but right, i mean right, right. i feel like i i you know after a long shift or something like that it'll start to be a little yeah a little buggery but 20. i mean it's it's better than it was for sure and I, I, awesome. I completely credit you to that fact and that's i mean that's incredible dude you know and that's you know and i i fully believe in that i mean even joe uh joe d you were talking about joe Spenza, mm-hmm. like in his in his book like you are the placebo is this guy was like a competitive bike rider and all that shit you know or whatever like triathlon mm-hmm. and he got hit by a car on a race when he was riding his bike mm-hmm. and it like fucking, he broke his back basically oh, had like shit. all these vertebrae that were like shattered and all this crazy shit. Mm. And they told him he needed like these really invasive surgeries, but he probably wouldn't walk normally again afterward. Yeah. You get like eight of them, eight of them or some crazy shit. So he opted out of it and he decided, I don't remember why he decided to do this, but he laid in bed and basically long story short, he said he, fucking sat there and meditated every day and imagined his back realigning and healing itself. And he went and he, that's basically what he did. Yep. Yep. I have known about this. The doctors and they said, well, we'll fucking, this is impossible, but somehow your back is, is perfectly fine. When an impossible healings to a doctor, they, they have a literally a term for it called an idiopathic response, which means medicine and medical physics have absolutely no basis of understanding why it happens. And it happens way more than you think. Where's the tumor? There was a tumor here. Now it's gone. And you're like, well, let's not look for that shit. It's gone. You know, yeah, people have yeah. in the, in the secret, the, the movie, the secret, a guy crashes his plane. He, he needs assisted healing to say, he never walk again. He's like, not only will I be off this machine and walking again, but I'm going to walk out of this hospital. And they were like, yeah, it's never happening. You're going to be here for life vegetable. And he would just every day meditate. And I would implore anybody that's in a hospital bed, listening to this, to take this as an example, every day, he wasn't thinking about his diaphragm he wasn't thinking about his legs all he saw over and over in his head was him walking out the front doors of the hospital and taking a huge breath of of relief and gratitude and putting his hands on his hips and looking around enjoying the sun and walking to his car and driving home and he thought about that and then within i think they said six months he was off of the the machine that breathes for him like his diaphragm repaired itself and then he walked out like a year later exactly as his vision was. He married a woman who had a tumor in her breast the size of like a tennis ball. Like, so it filled almost wow. pretty much the whole cavity. And they, she has the x-rays to prove it. And she said, well, my husband, all we did was we watched, we didn't watch anything dramatic, anything that could get me 
it worked up or excited, we would watch like comedies and laugh. And we would basically do anything that calmed me down. And all she all day would be thinking is, thank you for my healing. She didn't say thank you, God, though, of course, you know, that's, that's probably who she's addressing the prayer to. She was just saying thank you to existence and thank you to her body. She said, thank you for the healing. And she, there's an x-ray that's right next to the one that had the tumor in it. Absolutely perfect. Absolutely clear. She's like, and I was completely healed. I've studied this kind of stuff for 20 years because I've known it was real for 20 years and that no one, almost no one else, like in, at least in the medical field knows. And I would like be like, what is the physics? How do you access this shit? How do you, like, is there a way to always get this? And when I read Dr. Bar and I and I saw Matrix Energetics and Dr. Bartlett and people were just on stage, like they're like, oh, I've had lockjaw. Oh, I've had a frozen shoulder. And he'd just move his hands and then he would take that. Per they'd have a dislocated shoulder on the stage where they're like, ah, and he'd be like, okay, that hurts. And he would do the technique and then he would flop their arm over their, over their head to their shock and astonishment and be like, there you go, all repaired. And it would be like that, real time. Like now you see it, now you don't, it's gone. And yep. I was just like, what? And I stood up on my chair in front of 300 people. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? And yelled it at him. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that was after he, in this story I think is in, in the book that I wrote, is that he cured a lady's scoliosis that she had for a life. She was like 70-year-old Mexican lady. And bent her over. You could see her. He even had a chiropractor looking at her spine while he did it. He drew a thumbnail stat, scratch down her, her spinous processes. It looked like a snake. He did the technique and I could, with my physical eyes, not my inner seeing, my physical eyes saw her vertebrae move and roll under her skin before she collapsed to the ground and processed. Wow, that's crazy, man. And she started screaming and shaking around like a gremlin and gremlins too, shout out to them. And just, you know, and, and people were movie. freaking out. <laughs> great movie, great references too. One of the cinematic classics, dude. Oh man, it's such a mess, but it's so awesome. I love watching it every Christmas. Tell and, me again, one time, won't you? <laughs> won't you? <laughs> <laughs> got obsessed with British accents after that. And uh, she gets back up and she's can touch her toes. And he's just like, uh, are you okay, ma'am? Could you, have you ever been able to do that? She's like, no, I've never been able to do that before. And he spins her around to the audience and lifts up her shirt again. And, the, and her spine is as straight as an arrow. And you could see the scratch he had put on her spine beforehand next to it, like an inch, inch and a half off. It looked like a winding road. And her spine was as straight as an arrow. That shit is impossible and he made that shit happen and the the chiropractor almost fainted like and i knew the guy i knew the chiropractor that was observing and he did impossible shit over and over again he'd be like hey you feel this like top vertebrae subluxated to c1 he's like you can't move that right and he's like no he's like go ahead and put your hands on it while i'm doing this and he's like okay and chiropractor reaches up and grabs her c1 and then he like which is the top vertebrae that connects up to the back of the skull and it's mm -hmm. subluxated means moved off to the side and he just moves his hand and you just see the chiropractor's face go ghost white. And the lady starts swaying around. You get that wavy, that wavy response when it happens. And he's like, it moved. Yeah, which it? I felt. Which you which felt, right? <laughs> like that gets bigger I too, man. So. The more yeah. you do it, it gets like really, really wavy. People fall over all the time. And it went back and he was, he was just like, and he, the chiropractor was like, holy shit. And he was just like, and he was like, hey man, you want me to move it back just for fun? And he was just like, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, even though the, the person on stage was pretty much cured of the problem. And it, he moved his hand again, and then it went back. And he was just like, did it move again? He was like, yes. He's like, let's just cure the lady right now permanently, shouldn't we? He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And so he does it one last time. It clicks into place. The lady falls straight down like a sack of potatoes. People have to catch people when he's doing it because he's fucking Dumbledore. 
and he was that fucking strong and powerful. And when you're on stage with him, it's like you're on acid. It's fucking insane. And and it's uh and she falls straight to the ground, gets back up, neck cured. And that chiropractor came up to me later. He's like, dude, thank you so fucking much for bringing me to this seminar, man. And he had a big, you know, that big, uh, you know, that rainbow colored medallion that I wear around my neck. That's a symbol yeah. of matrix energetics. He had the biggest one you can get. And he had a cheesy smile. He was just like, dude, I can't wait to go fuck with my patients when I get back. Woo. Yes, I was, just his whole reality was transformed. Just like how yours was just, just seeing that, that snippet of the past. But you like, you know that this reality isn't real, that it's Maya, an illusion when you go to one of these seminars and he doesn't even teach it anymore yet. As soon as it does though, Jay, we are going to Seattle and we are going to I hope he does, man. party. Yeah. We're going to party. I'm sure you will, dude. It's so, it's such incredible. Like it's, it's like you stepped into another world and I just haven't stepped back out yet. And that's why I'm still pretty weird, but I get good healing effects. Dig it, man. Good yeah. healing effects. No one wants man. to be normal. That shit's boring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, it is, man. It is. And I mean, that's, that's why we, every single person does this is why every person's getting into yoga now is like, it allows you to change the vibration of your brain and mind, which allows for the neuroplasticity. And then once you think ideal thoughts, your body and your emotions start going toward that. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful thing though. I'm glad it's becoming a mainstream thing and that, you know, meditation's <sighs> Me not this, not this big woo woo thing like as it right. used to be. And, uh, you know, any, it used to be, you ask people, well, you know, if they're having trouble mentally, you know, like mental health, such a, a, oh, a yeah. bigger issue now, which is great. That's cool too. Um, but it's more recognized now. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you ask me, do you meditate? And instead of like, nah, they don't do that shit. It's more of like, no, I don't, man, but I want to, like I should, you know? Yeah. It's definitely. not easy. To, it's not easy to sit in your own skin, dude. I feel like most people aren't comfortable in their own skin. Like you need constant distraction. That's kind of the way we've always been raised. And, Distraction's a great uh, way to put it, man. Like in today's uh, distraction for the last some odd years has been social media. Yeah, and for sure. It Definitely. takes you away from it. If everyone just got back off of social media, you'd see a dramatic like decrease in anxiety and depression. Dramatic. Yeah, and people know, dude. People know. I mean, you, that's why people do like a social media cleanse. They like sign out of their accounts. Like, they know it's bad. <laughs> like they know. Yeah, like, you know, and God. it's like that's they know it's baby. not good for them. You know, and there are good things about it, as we discussed. I mean, I get to like share my you get to advertise. People, yeah, like man, that. I'm on there. Get to advertise, you know, but I'm not good at it. Um, <laughs> I mean, good, good enough at it. I'm, I'm not good at it either. I should be. I should be better at it. There's people that you know, now, you, now you have to be like a content creator and creating reels and all this shit. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, I just want to shoot photos, man. Like, I don't want to do that, you know, which is not good i gotta start doing that your, your type <laughs> of business is so <laughs> perfectly suited for social media though like the only well i mean photography, like... dude people forget that instagram is a photography what that's a photography yeah it was created it's created for photographers yes you know and then it just took on this other like you know meaning and platform to people which is fine dude i mean that's that's gonna happen but I just feel like uh, it's kind of weird how it's like, in a sense, like, okay, here's a good thing from it is people now are dealing with mental health issues because of Instagram, which causes them to meditate, which is, I mean, okay, well, there you go. Whatever brings them you over, know. man. Whatever brings yeah, them over. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. I mean, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, dude. That's just the universe it is. Working, this you know, is a so. really choppy evolution of our, both our species and our, um, especially our country. It, it looks like chaos, but really, so is giving birth, you know, so... 
Yeah, fuck, like, man. Like, yeah, that, I mean. like that's we're giving birth to ourselves pretty much in our own consciousness when people are like, oh, it's just going to be daisies. And no, nah, man, it's going to be messy and chaotic. And then it, it will have a new a new way, a new system of being. Totally. I'm dude. so glad yeah, both of us a, found that, man. We're me so too, fortunate. Man. I'm still, I mean, I'm still, I'm still baby in that sense, man. I like, uh, but, you know, it's the people that are into that same stuff that, those are the people I want to be around, man. I want to be around people that want to live an examined life and then, you know, dig deep and see like, what's it, you know, who am I? It's just like that, that question. Mm -hmm. It's just like so many people will answer you with their job. Oh, I'm an accountant. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a father, I'm, I'm, I'm a father. And it's like, that's a good one, you know, for sure. Yes. Identity. For is... sure. It's not all, it's not all you are. I mean, it's like, I, you know, no. even like dating wise, like that's, you know, that's something that in the future will be a really important thing for me when I'm, you know, looking for someone to spend time with. It's just like, do you care about stuff like this? Like, do you, you know, can I, can I talk to you about the books that I'm reading and the stuff that mm -hmm. I'm watching, you know, cause that's the stuff that really, you know, and a lot of times I think I've discussed with you, I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be a photographer. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I always will be. And I love doing it. And I don't know if, I mean, there's been a, the thing that, the things that like really turn me on and I read about constantly are psychology and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, think things of that nature of like anything that's self-improvement. Like I love that stuff. Like I love reading it. I don't read as much fiction as I used to. When I was in college, still, that was it. I still love it. I love the study yeah, of the mind because yeah. if the mind is the reality creating machine it, right. or, or the penultimate software, why would we study something else? Like to me, it just made no sense. That's why I was like, if we are spirit, why am I giving my attention to other things? And why am I the way that I am? Right. You know? And I'm just like, I want to know. I just, I want to, I love reading something like, holy shit. Like when it just strikes you, you know, and you're like, damn, that is, and you know, there's a positive thing about Instagram, dude. If you go on my story on my travel page, like, I almost daily, I, I take a picture of something I just read and put it up there, dude. People that I know and love or hit me up going, dude, that was great. Think of what book are you reading? I want to pick it up, you know, shit like that. And it's like, you know, that's enough. That's, so that's a cool, like, little positive side of the gram. You I'd know? encourage but, you to uh, read Ernest Holmes's Science of Mind. For the folks okay. that are listening to this, and it's a really thick book because he was, he was a, a Christian mystic, but also like a, like a, like a God psychologist. And he was inter like talking about everything as divine mind, that everything is is connected through this divine mind of of spirits, and the physics of that, like how does that play out into how it translates into our psychology, and then therefore like our psychology thrown into the law of attraction, like how I'm attracting things in. Like you were asking, like why am I doing it the way I is? Psychology only usually focuses upon the ego and its sufferings and illnesses. Whereas if you bring in esoteric psychology, it brings in the spiritual element, and it's almost like that's the ocean that mind that an individuated mind swims in, like a fish. It's not aware of the water, but that that ocean is is spirit, and they're like there's a translation from that dimension into the dimension of thought, and that's why you think the way you do. But you can change it if you identify a spirit. You can change it a bunch of different ways. You can do it just really practically, like line item, like a code in a computer, or you could just reboot the whole computer and then just allow that higher software that was before we got traumatized to just come in. It's, it's a really fascinating read because it, it adds those elements of spirituality to psychology. And I think that's what psychology is missing that, right now.
it's missing that, you know, it's always like replay the nightmare in your head thinking like that's going to shut the nightmare tape off and be like, no, you just made it stronger by giving it your attention. Whoops. You know, and I figured out, I figured out that was a fallacy of psychology like a long time ago. They think by, it's like my metaphor was when I have a client who was constantly, you know, complaining or like, oh, I can't stop thinking about this thing or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Imagine a toilet in the middle of Eden and in that toilet, is all the contents of all the nasty, like just nasty shit, basically. And everybody's just hovering over that toilet, looking at the contents of it, instead of A, noticing that they're surrounded by Eden, and you're just obsessed with it, and all they're smelling is shit, and all they're looking at is shit. And they think that by stirring it up with a stick and breaking it up, or that by going like, oh, is that corn? Like by identifying the contents of that shit, that that makes the doo-doo go away. I was like, no, you, fl- <laughs> you flush the fucking toilet and you, you turn your head. It. You t- yeah. <laughs> Roman. Roman. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my vacation, are- Chester. <laughs> Those lobster tails are 25 bucks a pound. Gotta get it. Dude, if I could get Dan Aykroyd on the show, bro. I would be oh, so, man. dude, he is Mr. Woo Woo, bro. His he parents. He might be able to, dude. That dude's pie. He has a oh. podcast, right? I heard it's like, oh, oh. it's like more woo woo than yours, dude. Oh, dude, like, he's how- a parapsychologist. Oh. His, both his parents were parapsychologists. They were ghostbusters. Yeah. Literally, literally ghostbusters. Yeah, and crazy. people don't know, like the university. So are you though? Duke. So are you though, man? I don't uh, know if people know that you do that. It's a different. Yeah, we just I mean, got a couple more accounts. Yeah. It was awesome, man. Some people. Yeah, we that's do. That's really cool, dude. We go you, and I think that's, that's an applicable thing. You know, that's cool that you it's crazy. go into these yeah. new businesses and clear out the bad energy, man. Because you, you know, know, you don't know what happened in that place yeah, before you bro. You know, bad I moved vibes. into this apartment right here. I don't know. Oh, I'd love to do a clearing before I moved in. Yeah, it feels like it's good. Like you know, now yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm alone in, now that I'm alone in it, <laughs> but, <All> it... <laughs> uh, I, I, I I could use the previous energy cleared out of it. That's sure. what I'm saying, dude. That's what I mean, and that's yeah, what that, me and my that, wife do. That meat, that meatball energy. Yeah, that meatball. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, for the, that's for the homies out there. Right there. Uh, <laughs> they get it. Yeah. That's for them, man. It's for you, Maddie. I know you're listening, yeah, Maddie, pal. Maddie and Brett get it. Oh fuck yeah, dude. And uh, we, we go to businesses and we clear out like bad, bad energy. And on two different occasions, we've gone to a, an accounting firm and a lawyer firm separately. And after my wife and I did the clearing of the place, the next day, the person that was toxic in the place gave the resignation the next day. I swear to God. That's crazy. They were like, bro, there was the craziest thing. That lady that's fucking asshole. She, she, yeah, she handed in her resignation the next day. They were like, dude, what? That's crazy. Be, and you're basically just getting rid of memory inside a space it's like you're healing a person but a much bigger person and you could just kind of locate the spots that have the fulcrums and where where the the negative energy kind of anchors and it's just like a computer you have to clear out the history and you got to delete the cookies basically and the history is like karma and the cookies is just everybody's fucking opinions that they got that isn't in alignment with perfection or the highest thing and you just walk around go ugh, you know it's just like if you taste a dish you went oh that's that that's got the wrong flavor there but it feels it feels like it to us differently and we just do our processes to to clear it and get astounding results and we just picked up three clients this week for that Ooh. yeah we're gonna clear out another uh another yeah yeah it's so weird okay, to get man. to get I mean, dude, it's a paid for that thing, dude. you're doing uh so weird but it's getting great. paid to do what you love to do man and that's yeah. uh to me i mean i, I don't 
as far as money goes, I mean, that's definitely like the financial dream, dude. It's like, oh my uh, God. Well, the financial dream is this podcast gets a million subscribers and then I move to Maui and can make my money well, uh, yeah. talking in a microphone. One, but you're definitely living one, you're living one form of it. So, I feel like, oh, well, it's so amazing, same, bro. It's the same thing I ask so everybody amazing. is, would you, would you be doing what you're doing if money wasn't an issue? Yeah. You know? Right. And I ask I myself be. that question all the time. And you would be. And I'm like, yeah. I definitely would still take those. Would I shoot weddings still? Maybe. Like if somebody wanted me to for fun, I'd be down, you know, but mm -hmm. like, it's really hard work. Like I'd probably be doing photography and probably be traveling, which is really right. the, the old, my main, that's what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to do more with it. You know what I mean? So I still yeah. would shoot, but you know, that's a question I ask everybody. Like, would you still be doing what you're doing? Would and you if rather... the answer is no, then right. you should probably re-examine what you're doing, you know? Would you rather be doing like National Geographic and more nature photography, or do you think you're more drawn? To I've always, people? I mean, it sounds it sounds very like everyone wants to like clean up trash and make the world a better place, but like I literally do that. I go out in the neighborhoods and pick up trash because it makes me feel better. Right. No, I mean that's just a, it's a gratitude thing, man. It's like, and so for me, I've always wanted to take not that the photos I take aren't impactful, like they are for mm -hmm. that specific family, right? It's like the feeling that knowing that a photo I've taken might be printed and passed down through generations and most likely will be Yeah, like, that's a powerful thing, dude. And I don't yes. discredit that, that's but magic. I would like to do that on like a larger scale. I've always wanted to take my photography in the direction of, of like a nonprofit kind of more of a, you know, taking impactful images and making people aware of things in other parts of the world. Cause I'd love yeah. to travel. And, uh, and oh I, uh, there's a chance that, I mean, I'm putting it out there, man. I, I think it might be happening, but a good friend of mine, Wendy Shu, who is the founder of B building education, amazing foundation, but mm. um, they build schools in Nepal, Nepal's oh, yeah. like one of the poorest, oh, yeah. poorest fucking places in the world, dude. Oh. And this girl, she was a server at my job and now she's just like. I mean, literally making the world a, a much better place. Dude. And she's built mm -hmm. her foundation's built three schools out there and they're about to build a fourth. And I had the honor and privilege of shooting one of her events at, um, there's a place in Hollywood and she had like a fundraising event for the money to build that next school. And then she asked me if I'd be interested in going out to Nepal oh my God. Um, sometime this year. I know. Right. And it's like, it's that kind of stuff, man. It's like, that's the stuff that gets my blood like really boiling. I get really excited when I hear stuff like that. And it's like, they're not going to pay me for it, but they will, they'll probably, you know, fly me out and take care of my accommodations. And, you know, she's like, well, it might just be like a tiny little room and like a hut thing. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. fucking cool. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, dude. in theory, we'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? But I, I'm hoping stuff like that is the direction I'd like to go. I granted the money's not as good, obviously, but, mm -hmm. um, that's the shit that gets me going, gets me excited. So I'm hoping that that happens. And then, you know, just like anything else, you have to have a portfolio for stuff like that. Yeah. Well, folks but, really, uh, you know, I shot her, I shot her event for free. So it's like, oh. you do things at, out of kindness and just, you know, yeah. being able to use my, my skill and my talent to like mm -hmm. put, yeah, I've already done it. I used it to push that further along. So that feels good. But I always would like, I'd like to go to the next level of that and really be in the shit as they say, you know, and experience what these people are experiencing. And I just feel like there's so many really powerful images to be taken there to bring awareness to the things that are going on everywhere else. I mean, that's, look, the only way everyone kind of knows anything now is through Instagram, which is fine. Just the medium um, now. Yeah. Which is fine, but it, it, the same way they see some girl doing some weird random fucking TikTok dance, they're going to see 
these kids or these people, yeah. even more the people that are there right. helping these kids, like giving their time and, you know, flying to this other part of the world to, you know, Could do something money. for somebody else. Yeah, man. It's like yeah, people don't realize sure, like, I mean, it's not always about direct compensation. It's like when you do good and you get that feeling response of good, that's the soul selling you. Fuck. Yeah. Do that. It is, man. That's where that's, it comes yeah, from. It's, yeah, and that's, feels that can translate great, to a fortune that can, it can sure. translate to the next opportunity. Cause someone who has those resources and just like, dude, I'd want to fund you to keep doing this no matter what. And then you can get patrons, Patreon. Right. And yeah. And be able to, that's what open, like the, those good feelings may not give immediate gratification as far as monetary exchange, but like it opens doors. It opens does, doors. Dude. If we're talking about like, I think yeah, just traveling does in general too, man. I mean, it just does. Seeing, I, I really feel, and I truly mean this when I say like, I feel like it is a great loss for a human being that does not travel. Like if you don't see other parts mm -hmm. of this like giant, beautiful planet right. and you just stick to your one city, your one route, your one apartment, like, and I get like people are like, well, we don't have the money to travel. And I totally understand that. But it's like you, anybody could do a traveling in some, even our own country. Even our own some country. People travel, people travel from all over the world to see our national parks, dude. That's they right. are insane, dude. Oh, like we man. have some of the best stuff in the world. And it's just, I, and I'm guilty of it too, man. I got three jobs. Like I don't have time to do that. I got three jobs. Three man. jobs. Why would yeah, I, I, three, I was jobs, a paper brother. boy. I was a... <laughs> a paper boy. Sorry. I know some people would consider that racist, <laughs> but you don't know what racism <laughs> is, motherfucker. <laughs> Burning crosses on front of people's front yards. Well, you know what? In the fucking racism. late 80s and early 90s, racism was fine on TV. It was funny. Racism yeah, was so actual true. hatred back then. It's, it's like, color, how dude. dare you yeah. reference my culture in an obtuse way? It's like, fuck you, yeah, dude. You don't know what hate is, motherfucker. So, <laughs> so I, 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 anyway, I just feel yeah. like that's, it's one thing I'm, I'm lacking in my life right now. It's yeah. like, dude, I really haven't traveled because once I started doing photography, I was blessed and got flown out to Bali to shoot a wedding. Oh like, man. Right when I got out of rehab. Sweet, dude. Oh man. The fucking trip oh. was sweet, dude. But it's like, dude, but the same thing. I made the change. I went to rehab. Mm -hmm. I got my life together and immediately the world was like, and now you just go to Bali. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking crazy. I'd never done anything like that in my life. And it yeah. changed me like fundamentally, like, holy shit, like seeing these people that have nothing, but mm -hmm. will literally, they're all Hindus, right? So they'll believe in karma. They're like, let me give you the shirt off my back. Right. And they were just so, so like the people were so incredible there. Yeah. And the photos that I got, like to this day, you know, I'm looking at one right now, hanging over my thing of like a fucking waterfall with rainbows right there. I'm like, <sighs> I have to constantly stare at this thing. Like you were standing right there. Like you took that picture yeah. on the other side of the earth, you know, and I want more of that. And now that I am a you know more skilled photographer, I'm like, well, I really want to focus that message and see if I can do something with it. So remember to ask the universe to get the free time to get more of that without it disturbing right. your monetary flow. You know, it's right. easy to think like, oh man, I'm too wrapped up in this and I'm not going to be able to, that's just temporary, man. It's just a result of previous prayers of God, I need a lot of money. Give me a lot of money and, and action. Okay, cool. Here you go. But you can even and traveling is just, Yeah. It's really about just making a decision of going someplace mm -hmm. in like six months and just fucking doing mm -hmm. it, like buying the ticket. I totally see you in the hall, man. I'm a, Looking yeah, for man, the adjunctive well, dagger. Please, please. Yeah. I just saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> All right, I got the knife. Now turn on the goddamn light. Turn on the goddamn light. There's no floor. <laughs> oh, God, I love that. There's man. no floor in here. <laughs>
Yeah, if anybody out there who hasn't seen Golden Child, you're missing out on that fucking what cinematic classic from life? the early 90s. Yeah, it was Eddie <laughs> in his prime, man. Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great movie. I don't care. I just watched part of it the other day. I think I watched when I was sleeping on your couch, man. I like came across it on my <sighs> phone and was like, yeah, I'm in Josh's place. I should probably start this. Like, ball, see, but... hey, I can't think of say, I can't say the word Nepal without thinking of uh, Nepal. And then I'm going to And I come on with them, dude. Uh, yeah, I'd be quoting the shit out oh, of it the whole time. Maybe, maybe like getting it on my phone and watching it with the villagers and shit. Who knows? Oh, so good. I love, but like I mean, you said, man, yeah, please, please envision that for me because I do. I, I literally see you clear as it day. Takes, dude. It's, it's about envisioning yourself in these places. Yeah, that's how you make this shit happen. If man. you have a great a, outer eye, said. your inner eye is the most important, the most important part. And then if you add like mountains of gratitude and that's why i i sent you that muji video i'd invite everybody to check out muji if you get a chance he's a a fully realized um i guess you could say buddha but he's jamaican which is really cool and um he is the direct so cool. disciple of a, a a completely realized saint named papaji who actually has a, a center out here in san diego it's like a, like a Hare krishna um place and he his teacher what the guy that enlightened him was ramana um, um, Ramana Maharshi, who is like one of the all-time most famous uh, Indian saints to attain. He was the one that created almost like the non-dual path of like, who am I, was his mantra. And he he initiated him, and then this guy initiated Muji, and Muji became completely enlightened. And he is such a loving, and if you need a spiritual teacher that like completely encompasses just pure goodness and any religious path, every religious path, you could you couldn't possibly do better than Muji. He's so awesome, and I it was just like a simple video where he's talking about just say thank you. If you say thank you in your heart over and over again, all those problems, all of your separation from your spiritual self from reality will shrink down over time. And it's just literally that simple. And and there was a, a mystic and a German mystic in the 17th century, Mister Eckhart was his name, Meister Eckhart, and he said if the only prayer you ever uttered was thank you. That would be enough. That would be enough to That's get you man. to the absolute promised land. So if you folks are looking for a mantra and you don't believe in this stuff, I dare you to say thank you inside your head 1,000 times every day for a week and see what happens. See if you don't start living a magical life. And I definitely see you going to, to fucking Nepal, dude. I can't wait to see those photographs. I can't wait to see the full measure of all your portfolio, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, thank you, man. Dude, you're so talented, bro. And... uh you're so talented. It's a stroke sesh. Stroke sesh. Yeah, sorry uh, for everyone out there. We just I tell people all the time, man, if you've never seen two, like a brother that loves his brother more than my brother loves me. I fucking <laughs> love this dude, man. I know it's you the do, first man. time I, I saw you. I wouldn't I wouldn't be the wouldn't be the guy I am today without you, dude. I mean you seriously fucking You inspire you're, me. You're the man, dude. You inspire me all you're the time. Talking. You always you know, it's you said it in your book, dude. It's like it's so cool that you know, I, I, we, you know, we have a significant age gap, you know, five years apart. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when you were 18, you treated me as a 13 year old, treated me like an 18 year old man. I really, to this day, I credit you for always putting me ahead of the game. And like, you know, just, you, you really made me just savvy, dude. Like I was just ahead of the, ahead of everyone else's time, just a little bit in certain ways, you know, mm -hmm. taught me how to, taught me how to talk to girls, taught me how to treat women and, you know, taught me. Just the foundation of being like a good dude, man. And I said, thank you for that. Man. You so took that and you flew heart. with it, man. And I, 
thank you, dude. And I, I fucking love you so much too. I'm, I couldn't be prouder of you, you too, brother. Couldn't be prouder of you, you as, right as a man. You. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see what you're going to produce in this world as always. Yeah, thank um, you, brother. Yeah, I am too, man. But I'm, I'm excited too. You know, we get down on ourselves a little bit. I think we always want to be doing more. You know, yeah. I want to be in Nepal. Yeah. You want to be in Maui, and we're like, why isn't that happening now? You know, but it's it's like, like we're but not meant to, man. Right. We're meant to hold it down wherever we're at. Yeah, it just takes time, dude. And you yeah, know, it's like uh, when you really think about it, like we're doing pretty good, man. I think yeah. I think I'm pretty happy with my life and. Um, there's things that's important to set goals, but it's, it's always the battle of like, wait, do I stay present or do I think about the future and set goals or do I learn from the past? It's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, present. <laughs> pre- yeah, present for sure, but it's like present. you still have to kind of think about the future a little bit. You know, like, when you stay, stay present, you are. the correct aspects of the future float in to that spot. It's when we're reaching out to the future and trying to make it happen that we're not in the now fair, moment. Yeah, fair enough. At least that's what well, I've come but, to in all these years. So it's like it 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 feels weird to just stay aware and stay present in the present because we think like, am I just is this a blank space? What am I doing? But that's when you'll get those massive inspirations. Go to that trip, or you'll get the like, don't do that. And he goes, oh okay, and you get the correct information f- about the future and about which thoughts you should be holding so that you know you can manifest the most perfect reality. It took me years to figure well that put, shit out. Well said. Well said. Oh, that's, that's just borrowing from like 10 different masters, dude. <laughs> Scientists right, that go man. beyond me, man. And they borrowed it from somebody else. Someone, so yeah. The truth gets <laughs> passed down, dude. It's just, you got to have to be able dude. to eyes and ears to yeah. see and hear it. You know? Absolutely, dude. Yeah, dude. Do you have to get going yet, brother? Or are you, uh, can you yeah, chat? I do. I do have, I do have work coming up here in a minute. I got to start getting ready in a minute. I wish I could just talk to you all day. <sighs> man. Well, it's been a privilege. Well, we'll do it again. Honor. Well, I'll oh, be back on again. For 100%. sure, man. For sure. You're so, <laughs> I mean, we do this anyway. We just yeah. talk on the phone for hours anyway. So yeah, we do. <laughs> um, yeah. We could just fucking, that's pretty much what this felt like. Yeah. Like it's just like a normal conversation that we have, which is it's such a blessing to have somebody like you to talk to about this kind of stuff, you know? Oh man, it's it's such a extreme. It's like it's an answered prayer for me to be able to talk to you about this kind of stuff, man. Because it's I know, I man. And I'm sorry everybody. we weren't able to for so long, but we are now. I don't even know? think about Definitely that. A diff- man. I'm a different dude, you know. Right? Stay present. Damn and we'll Jordan. continue to be different dudes, you know. I have to go I, showing I, off like that. Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I can't wait to transcend what I am right now, man. It's just like as long as you know, like that's the entire point of life. You know, we don't have to hold on too much to our our formal uh, actions and our sets of identity. And we call on the law of forgiveness, man. It just it kind of you know that violet flame just kind of burns away all the karma of 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 the of our missteps. Because it right. just comes from not knowing. And uh, once now you know, now you know. So uh, I'd like to... You don't know, now, now you, you know. know. Uh, sorry, of course. Just so enamored by talking to you. I'm fucking up even lyrics. So, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Jay, it's been an honor and a pleasure to uh Oh, to right back you, at man. you, brother. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining the My program. My pleasure, man. Yeah, uh, we'll do it again soon, man. I love you, Josh. I love you so much, Jordan. You're so rad, dude. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, brother. You take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you All soon, right. buddy. Bye. All right, bye-bye. That was my amazing brother, Jordan Ramey. Uh, he'll be, a, I'm sure, a frequent guest on this show. He's just a wonderful communicator. And despite we, the fact we use a curse language, you know, we use a little dirty talk uh, here on Mr. Woo Woo, but that's just to be able to, to connect. We're like, this is sometimes like how we connect with people. 
know, whether you're a Marine or, you know, a father and son out in the, out on a hunting trip, we use a uh, colorful language and inappropriate references in order to strengthen our bonds. Oh, Jordan's calling me back. Let's see what's got to say. What's up, Jay? Hello, hello? Jordan, is that you? Yes, me. Are we still, we're not still recording, are we? I am. What's cracking? Huh? Are you done recording or no? No, I'm still recording. What's cracking? I was just going to oh, put the bad. finishing touches on this little baby. Oh, that's all good. My bad. Should I call you back in like five I... minutes? Yeah, call me back in five. You got it, brother. Love you. All right, Bye. Oh, love that guy. Um, just wanted to thank you again for <laughs> uh, putting up with this very nonlinear and probably very enjoyable podcast. I love all of you. All of us are in this path together. It may look chaotic in this world, but it's just, this is just what the perfectionment of our, of our whole creation looks like. It's not all, you know, grace and gooseberries. It's, it can be a little messy as we let go of the toxicity of the irregularity and imperfection of our thinking, our feeling and our um, actions. So, if you've ever seen someone detox, you know that that isn't always a pleasant thing. Uh, but we can remain pleasant even despite all of that. Just wanted to run this commercial real quick for you. If you'd like to come see me in San Diego, I'd love to see you here at my practice, Love Energetics. Uh, if you'd like a distance session, you can contact me for that or email me for that. And, um, oh yeah, I've got a book. We mentioned it earlier. It's called Profanity. How I went from an atheist to a quantum wizard in less than a decade. It's, you know, I'm told it's even beyond, you know, just my family references that it's a good, it's a good book. <laughs> so I'd like to, I'd like to get your opinion on it, you know, get it. Don't buy it on Amazon, like full price, you know, get it on Kindle, get it cheap, you know, get it used, uh, but get it if you can. Are you experiencing imbalance physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually? Let's help you get it resolved. We simply utilize energy or consciousness-based techniques to harmonize and uplift you physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. This energy healing, particularly with cranial sacral therapy and matrix energetics, is hands down the best in San Diego. We pride ourselves with over 13 years of experience helping people like you. What are you waiting for? If you're in San Diego and looking for relief, Come see us today. Come see us today. Peace, everybody.